Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, September 9th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to have a mini water cooler episode and talk about what we've been up to. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film Editorial Director, Peter Serretta. How's it going? Peter, uh, you're back. You've been gone for so long. Uh, yes, welcome. It's been a while. I've been living out of a suitcase, like a one, like one carry-on suitcase, because I'm one of those people that I've, I, you know, it's happened in the past where I've lost my bag on an airplane. So I, I never want to check a bag. Mm. So uh, both Ketra and I had each one carry-on suitcase that we we were living our lives out of for two weeks uh we did do laundry don't worry don't worry okay we did good laundry. yeah <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right so where have you been for two weeks let's let's dive into what into the what we've been doing thing where where have you been what have you been up to <laughs> uh hopefully this is interesting to someone out there because this is not uh really movie related so i apologize in advance if uh this is not your thing uh but i well <laughs> Ben, I'm not sure if you know this. At the beginning of the summer, things were getting better. Like it seemed like, you know, life was returning. You know, the cases were dropping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I booked a cruise at the beginning of the summer, and then uh, <laughs> things 
went south. Yeah. And uh, I, I was uh, considering not going on this cruise. Uh, I, I this this cruise w- was going to require uh, people to take a test before going on the cruise. Um, but uh, you, you know, earlier on the summer, like the idea that there might be unvaccinated people, and I have the vaccine. Uh, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. The catcher's fully vaccinated. Like, didn't seem scary. <laughs> and then, right. then this whole Delta thing happened. Um, so we were considering canceling this cruise, but then I guess the ports that this cruise is going to did not want unvaccinated people out there coming into their countries. So they basically told Royal Caribbean no, which made, uh, made forced Royal Caribbean to make the cruise a entirely vaccinated cruise. So I felt a little bit better about that because it was not only was it uh, completely vaccinated, but um, everybody that was going on the cruise had to take a test within the three days before the cruise. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I went on this uh, eight-day cruise. Uh, this is partially for our uh, YouTube channel, Ordinary Adventures. Um, it's uh, it was a cruise to the Caribbean. It was on the largest cruise ship in the world, which is this cruise ship called the Symphony of the Seas. And uh, t- when, when this thing is at full capacity, Ben, I think it's like six thousand eight hundred people can fit on this cruise ship. Wow! I, I mean, that's like if you max out the rooms, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a family of four in one room or something. Like that. So I don't think it ever gets that high. Um, but on our cruise ship, I think it might've had the lowest count it's probably ever had. It had like 1200 people. So it was <laughs> like uh one six capacity or something like that. So, um, Peter, eight days, man, that is a long time to be on one, <laughs> uh, you know, like I guess on, in one yeah. enclosed space kind of, obviously you can like go up to the top of the deck or whatever, but, um, is there enough to do on this world's biggest cruise ship to, uh, to not get bored over eight days? I feel like you're teeing me up here. Have you ever been on a cruise, Ben? I went on a cruise with my family probably when I was around 13 years old, maybe 14, some, oh, wow. somewhere in there. Um, that's the only so, cruise so I've like ever been on. So six years ago? uh it was i I think the cruise that we went on was probably um maybe three days max i don't even remember it being that long but it was i remember us uh getting off at um and and walking around atlantis in the i think that was in the bahamas as well oh yeah um like we walked through atlantis which was like I think it was part casino. There was like a giant water slide there that I remember. We didn't actually like do anything there. That was just one of the ports. And I remember sort of walking <laughs> around that area. But um, yeah, it was it was a relatively short cruise. Uh, and that's the only experience I've ever had on a cruise ship. Well, things have changed, I think, in probably since you were on a cruise. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> um, a cruise ship is like one of those things that I don't think many people, maybe old people, think they want to go on. But I think... Most people of younger generations don't think that they want to go on a cruise until they see everything a cruise actually has on it. It's basically turned into kind of like a resort uh, on the water. So the cruise ship that we had uh, like in the middle of the cruise ship was like a central park. Like they actually built a park with like I think like I forget how many living plants, but 10,000 living plants. Uh, So as a park in the center of it. Uh, it has this thing called the flow rider. Have you ever heard of the flow rider? No. <laughs> it, it is an artificial wave simulator. So you can basically surf. Uh, oh, yeah. I've seen those. 
Yeah, yeah. And I actually did that. I didn't stand up. I did the the bodyboarding part of that. So if you want to see that, subscribe to Ordinary Adventures and see uh, me make uh, a fool out of myself. Um, <laughs> they have this uh, thing called Ultimate Abyss, which is the slide that goes from the top deck, which I think is deck 15 all the way. It, it, it is a huge slide that has all these turns. I wish I had the numbers and stuff. But it, like if you, if you see a photo of it, it's on my Instagram. It's like in, insane. Like it, even if it wasn't FC, it would be like one of those things where like uh, I'm scared to go on that. Um, <laughs> has water slides. Uh, they have <laughs> they have so many bars on the ship, uh, which is kind of funny because in, in normal times, you these bars would be like happening like you know the, the, the there were still bands playing but it was like there'd be a band playing at each of these bars and it'd be like one person <laughs> one uh, person just rocking out on the yeah. dance floor awkwardly i almost felt bad for some of the musicians uh but um th- there is one bar that's called the bionic bar it's a robot bar so it has the those arms those kuka arms that build like um cars and stuff You've probably oh. seen them before. It like will actually make your drink. You go to an iPad and you can either pick a pre-made drink or you could actually make your own drink on the iPad. And then it, the arm will go and actually like put all, all the drinks are on the ceiling and it brings the cup up to the ceiling and like puts in like all the different ingredients to it. it it's 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 insane. I, I basically so was saying, it a good was it a good drink or was it missing a human touch? I mean, it's definitely not an artisan drink but I, I i don't know i went back a couple times it, it's good uh at the back of the ship they have this thing called aqua theater which is i don't even know how you describe it it's a theater that has um the ability to have high diving kind of shows they have the show that I, I guess you could only compare it to like O in vegas which is uh <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to describe it, it, it. The show is called Hero and it's kind of martial arts related. And it, it, it was probably one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen. Is it like Cirque du Soleil? What are we yeah. talking about here? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like, yeah, it's people doing martial arts stuff, but they're doing it in the water. And then there's this, the stage is this, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, Ben. It, like, All right. I'll try to look to up go, a video you, of yeah, you aqua need to, theater or wait, what is it? Is it aqua theater or rising tide? um aqua theater yeah okay. if you go to if you type in that in hero you'll see some of it so I, I, on the stage of this theater is this stage that can be a stage or it can actually lower into like a, i think probably like a 20 or 30 foot tank of water and people will jump from you know the highest deck of the ship into the water but at, at other times there'll be people running across the the state it, it, it is it is a technological marvel and i don't know how these people on this ship do it like it's it really this is like a show that i would pay i think people would pay like 300 bucks each to see on land it, it's Whoa. It, it's insane um uh rising tide is a bar that <laughs> you you get into the bar ben and it like it is like on an elevator that <laughs> traverses different levels of the ship. So every you know half an hour, I'll move to another level of the ship. Why? Because it's cool. I don't know. Um, the, the whole bar moves as an yes. elevator, like a huge room that just tr- moves around the ship, like a, like a yes. Willy Wonka elevator or something. <laughs> it's in the middle of like the the huge atrium, which looks like it's if you were in this like 
this whole middle of the ship, uh, the Royal Promenade, Promenade is what they call it. It looks like you're in like a Vegas uh, mall. If you've ever been to the casinos and they have like the the shopping areas, mm-hmm. looks like that. And in, in the middle of that, they have this bar that <laughs> raises and lowers uh, the different levels, and it actually goes up to the Central Park. So <laughs> at one point, um, yeah, they have a zip line that goes over uh, the boardwalk area. There's a boardwalk area that has a carousel and a sports bar and a Johnny Rockets. And I don't know, we, we, we've, we're trying to show like a lot of this in the ordinary adventure video. So if you're, if any of this sounds interesting to you at all, I'd say check it out because it's, it's, it's craziness. Um, and I think in normal times you get to like, it, one thing about a cruise that's cool is you get to kind of like meet a bunch of people. Like, um, you know, you're always running into different people here with, the, with, the amount of people that were on our ship that didn't happen as much, which I I, I think uh, Kitra's more introverted than me, and she was like, "Oh, good, <laughs> I don't want mm-hmm. to interact with people." Uh, uh, which, um, yeah. So, and, and the other interesting thing about this uh, is there wasn't that many people on the ship, so they had this thing. Royal Caribbean does this thing called Rail Up, which. I guess some airlines, some people have told me some airlines do this. I don't think I've encountered it where when you buy your ticket, you have the ability to place bids on better rooms. So you say like, I, you know, this one bedroom grand suite, I'm willing to pay $500 more for this mm-hmm. if, if it's available. And then like, if it's available and you're the highest bid, you end up getting it. And, uh, you know, I did it not as not not even thinking about it, not even thinking that there would be so many so few less people on the ship. Uh, but I bid on this one bedroom grand suite for five hundred dollars extra, and we got it. So it was like the usually your cabin is like really small, really really tiny. Oh yeah, and uh, our cabin was twice the size of a normal cabin, which is still small, but I, I would say it's like the size of a normal hotel room, maybe a mm-hmm. budget hotel room. Yeah. So, uh, so that was nice. Uh, we went to a bunch of different ports. We went to Nassau, Bahamas, where you went for Atlantis. Uh, we did not get off the ship because the Bahamas has this like uh, COVID passport thing that we forgot to apply to. And we needed to do that 48 hours before we got mm. there. We just didn't do the research. So uh, it was fine. We, we had a, a, a nice day of water fun on the ship. Um, and it doesn't seem like a... I, the Atlantis, it doesn't seem like you can do Atlantis in like a couple hours. That seems like a huge thing. So maybe I'll go back there another day. But uh, the other stops we we made on our trip was San Juan, Puerto Rico. And I'll say a lot of these ports of call that you go on a cruise ship are very touristy. Uh, <laughs> filled with like the same kind of like a... Uh, uh, Senor Frogs and Diamonds International and all these like same stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you go outside of like the port, it, it it kind of feels like you're in the touristy area of that city, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, with San Juan, Puerto Rico, I actually, it was like the first time on a cruise that I got off somewhere and I actually felt like it was in like a different country or place. Like it really felt like you were uh, soaking in – the um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm 
the words escaping me, but like, the, like a real, like a genuine culture instead yeah, of just like, you know, uh, yes. typical tourist stuff. Exactly. Um, and, uh, we, we did a bunch of things the, the, and the place just looks amazing. They have this fort that goes around it. And, uh, we, we were recording these videos where we were doing these food tours. So one thing we were told to get, I don't have the name of it on top of my head, but basically it's like a popsicle. And they had comes in all these different like flavors, but it's not sold at stores. You'll just like be walking down the street and there'll be a sign on some window uh, for, for this thing. Hmm. So you knock on the, the window and then like, you know, some old grandma who's in there like has the popsicles made in her like uh, refrigerator. <laughs> like these. It's in like a little um, Dixie cup that you like. It's almost like a push up pop. Uh, but you'll see that in our video. Um, I don't know. It was just a wonderful place to visit. If anybody uh, ever has the chance to go visit San Juan, Puerto Rico, I'd highly recommend it. They have amazing food. Uh, it, you really do feel the culture every every turn, every step. Um, the other thing we other one of the other places we went to do was Saint Thomas, which is uh, part of the Virgin Islands, so it's part of the United States. And uh, we had been there before on a Disney cruise. They have this wonderful like sky ride that takes you up to the top of that uh, island. It's called Paradise Point. And it's also where the Bushwhacker drink was created, which hmm. um, is like an island kind of like drink. Um, but yeah, it's, it's some of the most beautiful views of anywhere. And uh, we also went to St. Martin, which... Um, you you might know you may have seen this on like the travel channel or something because this uh one of the things that this um place is uh saint martin is i, I keep on saying saint martin because it's spelt like m-a-a-r-t-e-n but it's saint martin um one of the places uh, one of the things it's known for is it has this beach that's right next to an airport and on the beach is this bar so you've You've probably seen this shot where people are like drinking at this bar on this beach and like the the like these big huge airplanes just like fly right overhead them. Um and that's there. We got to visit that, which was uh <laughs> amazing and frightening because when they're actually <laughs> taking loud, off, I imagine. Yeah. They they push like uh, the, the amount of thrust uh, one of these like I don't know what you call these planes, like 747s or whatever, have is just amazing. Um, but also, uh, <laughs> of course, leave it to me to find the one Star Wars thing. When I go to the Caribbean, I find the one Star Wars thing in the Caribbean. Uh, there's the Yoda Guy Museum is in St. Martin. And the Yoda Guy is this uh, guy named Nick who um, – he's one of the people that is responsible for helping to create Yoda. So um, his name's Nick Nally. And uh, he helped like create the sculpt of Yoda, and I think he he <laughs> later in his life retired to the you know to Saint Martin, and uh, he couldn't just <laughs> sit on the beach drinking uh, tropical drinks, so he created this museum to like cinema. So it's not just Star Wars; it's also cinema, and it's uh, it's one of like the most uh, highly rated things on travel advisor and stuff like that this sounds really familiar peter have you have you been there before 
I, I had not, I had walked by it before last time I, we had been there on a Disney cruise, but we had not, we did not get a chance to go in. Okay. Uh, maybe you mentioned it last time on a, uh, a podcast episode or maybe off mic or something just like, Oh, this thing exists. Cause that sounds really familiar and I've never been there. I've never seen it. So I think you're probably my only source of information of this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it, it, it's really inspiring. It, it's one of those things where he's created this to kind of inspire kids to reach for their dreams and to, uh, when someone tells you to, you know, that, the thing you want to do might be out of the norm to, you know, go in and try to strive to be, you know, great at that thing. Um, we got to talk to him for a good point, a good period of time. And he's just like, just a, such an inspiring, awesome guy. And, um, yeah, that video is coming up on ordinary adventures. Uh, Oh, only other thing I want to say, uh, is flying to Florida. Um, Honestly, this time it wasn't that scary, but uh, <laughs> uh, I did this thing where we, we arrived at the airport. There was the like longest line ever at the airport, and uh, they had this thing called Clear. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this. It's kind of like TSA pre-check, but it's like a paid version of that. Um, and they were like, "Oh, c- c- come here, and you, you know, you could have a 15 day free trial, and you'll get to skip the line." And I was like, "Oh, let's try that." So I signed up for Clear, not 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 even knowing um, my American Express actually gives me the credit to get it for free or whatever. So, oh, wow. so I got to got to keep it, but I've used it this entire trip, and I want to. This is not sponsored, not paid for. It made my trip so much better. Every time going to the airport, and literally, you, you go up to this machine, it scans your eyes, and then you get escorted past like the whole line pass like through the guy that like checks like the guy that normally checks your passport and you're like whatever Mm -hmm. you you don't even see him you just go right to the security so uh amazing if anybody has uh well i mean i don't know i guess who's traveling right now i don't know but uh (laughs) when travel resumes i would say look into clear if you don't have tsa project that's another thing i don't have i probably have to get that if travel uh kind of picks up in a big way uh, Peter, before you transition into your Florida part of your trip here, I got to ask you about the food on the cruise ship. I know that oh, you said yeah. the the food in San Juan was really great. Um, I, I th- my memory of my single cruise experience was eating in the same you know giant grand hallway or wherever it was every <laughs> night, and then just like having it was all you can eat, whatever. And I remember being you know that age. I was I was. <laughs> particularly (laughs) ravenous so i would just be like another chicken breast please and just like order i ordered an obscene amount of food when i was there but ultimately by the time i ended that trip and it was way shorter than eight days i was real sick of the food um so what did you think about the food on the cruise ship um well we were doing this for the the channel so we decided to opt into their uh ultimate dining pass which cost us like i think 200 and 20 or 30 bucks a person each. Uh, and what that basically meant is we could go to their premium dining restaurants. So in addition to that dining hall that you ate in every night, we could opt instead to go to, they have a steakhouse, they have a, a hibachi restaurant, they have um, a sports bar, they have uh, an, uh, Jamie's Italian uh, from Jamie, uh, who's the celebrity chef? Jamie Oliver? Oliver? Uh, Oliver yeah, yeah, Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Um, 
uh, there's this place called Wonderland, which uh, seems like Disney should be suing them because they have this like guy walking around that looks like the Johnny Depp uh, Mad Hatter from Wonderland. Mm. But it's all this like a uh, really weird, um, I forget what you call it, uh, gastronomy food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if you know what that is, um, I'm probably saying it wrong. But anyways, I just want to say the food was amazing. We didn't uh, have to do the same thing every night. So I, I don't know about if I was eating in the, the grand dining hall every night, if it would be boring. Um, but we got to do different things every night of the cruise and the food was amazing. And it's it's basically like, you know, <laughs> you're looking at the menu, which is all on your iPhone now because everything is you know, not paper, it's all QR codes. And you're like, I don't know, should I get this steak or should I get this uh, pasta dish to your server? And then he was like, oh, I'll just bring you both. <laughs> That's what <laughs> happens every night. So, oh, man. Yeah. Wow. All right. So you flew to Florida. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope... I hope people are enjoying the, the, the hearing about a cruise on a, a movie podcast. So I apologize to anybody out there that uh, I guess they probably already tuned out at this point. So whatever. <laughs> um, but we'll get to the, the the movie adjacent part of this. Yeah. So I, I flew to Florida for Halloween Horror Nights, the opening night of that in Universal Orlando last year. The event was canceled. It was supposed to be their 30th year. Uh so they just had their 30th year this year instead. Um, and it, it did feel like it was a little pared down than usual. It didn't seem as grandiose as they probably wanted to do for their 30th year of, of this event. But if you don't know what Halloween Horror Nights is, it's a bunch of like haunted houses. Usually there's a lot of them based on big franchises so like this year they had the haunting of hill house from netflix uh beetlejuice the texas chainsaw massacre and uh this orlando is known for their original mazes so hollywood has this event and it's mostly the franchise-based attractions but in orlando half of the houses are usually like based on like just original concepts that they've created. So this year it was like Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. It was uh, some kid that uh, refused to give his teeth out to the Tooth Fairy. And uh, the Tooth Fairy are really not these wonderful fairies that we imagine, but these like evil creatures that are going to try to sneak into this room and tear it out of tear his teeth out of his mouth. Uh, Puppet Theater, Captive Audience, which is about a... A puppet theater that is uh, trying to turn humans into puppets. Uh, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin, which is uh, there's I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's this pumpkin lord. Uh, it, it, it was it was interesting. Case Files on Earth. I think you would have liked because it was very uh, film noir kind of detective story. Uh, there, there's but uh, every year or not every year, most of the years they've had these original icons in the park they call them icons but they're like jack the clown and uh it, it, these characters they've created for halloween horror nights and for the first time ever they have their own maze which is halloween horror nights icons captured which was a lot of fun uh the ones i really dug the most was uh tooth fairy and then they had you know this this maze isn't really 
quote unquote original because it's based on a property, but their concept was original. And I actually want to, this would be a good movie. It's Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Wits. And the concept of this uh, maze is when you actually first walk into the maze, you are looking through the rubble of the the castle that has fallen onto Frankenstein and killed him. Mm-hmm. And the bride is there. Uh, the bride who rejected him and now, you know, feels bad and wants to bring him back to life. So that's where the story starts. And of course, to, to bring him back to life, she needs to, uh, <laughs> she needs to find, um, what is it? The bride of Dracula? Is oh, okay. The, um, the, I don't know I, if I've ever seen my, a, a Bride of Dracula movie, but I'm sure it exists. I, I uh, have only seen like the pure classics of like, the, you know, four or five <laughs> of those um, old universal horror oh, movies. If Jacob was on here, he would know. Yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, she needs to uh, capture the Brides of Dracula, extract their blood to use it to reanimate Frankenstein. And uh, that that's what the whole maze is about. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you like universal monsters, that maze was just so much fun. And Beetlejuice was just a ton of fun like not not so much scary but it was like walking through the movie in the different scenes in the movie i would say that uh this year because of uh everything going on uh they they've they've limited capacity to this event so it's it's much less people it still seems crowded but it it usually the streets are like you know you can't get any room to yourself here you you can um the mazes themselves, all the scare actors, well, everybody working there is vaccinated, but all the scare actors, in addition to that, have masks on, uh, sometimes double masks, because sometimes they're wearing a mask and then have a, you know, a, uh, like what a do you call that? big scary mask over yeah, their face. Yeah, rubber mask over their face. And then on top of that, the what they call boo holes, that's where the scare actors jump out at you in these mazes. Uh, they have... Uh, I want to say plexiglass, but it's not plexiglass. It's like the um, like a shower curtain uh, mm. material, whatever that is called. Uh, there, so like vinyl or something. Yeah, vinyl, vinyl. That is the word, Ben. Vinyl. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're taking all those precautions, but at the same time, uh, they don't mandate that you have to wear your mask uh, in or outside of the houses. Um, honestly, I didn't feel that. Uh, there was no time I felt unsafe in the houses or like at the event. Uh, there was one point where they have this, um, stadium show, which is like a bunch of dancers and variety acts. And it's awesome. But Ben, they they packed the stadium show. Like it was 2015. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, Ketra and I wore our N95 masks the entire time and we're vaccinated. So I'm not. I didn't feel like if I felt unsafe, I would have left, but I, I don't know. I saw a lot of people with their masks off and I was, I don't know. It, 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 I just can't imagine. Like I felt a little like crammed in there. It was, it was like, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think for some people, you know, like whether or not they feel safe in certain instances, I think yeah. it's going to, it's going to be, you know, down to the person obviously, but just like for me, I know um, even like, you, you know, like you being fully vaxxed and everything, just um, the idea of being in with a lot of people, I just, it's just an unfamiliar sensation at this point. And I'm, yeah, I think I just need a little bit of time to like ease myself back into that. So when I see pictures of like 
full concerts, you know, or, or whatever, you know, stadiums and stuff like that. I'm just like, Oh my God, like watching college football or something and seeing 90,000 people in a, in an audit, in a, in a stadium. I'm just like, ah, man, I, I don't know if I could do that yet. Um, but you know, we'll, hopefully we'll get there soon. And it's definitely weird coming from California where if there's any of kind of event like that out here, there's, like distancing between each party sitting like when, when we were on the cruise ship and we were watching every night there's an event on the cruise ship uh they had six feet apart on either side of where you're sitting and then in front of you and then behind you so it's like every other row was empty yeah, uh, nice. so but yeah it was really strange to see them just like that's the only part that felt like weird it was like i i understand that you know, you only have four shows a night or whatever, and you need to pack as many people in there as possible. But it, it felt weird. It, it did feel weird. And uh, it did feel <laughs> – I don't know. It, it's weird because we've definitely been to these kind of stadiums many times throughout our lives. But it it, it almost feels alien now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome yeah. to Florida, Peter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where all the rules are thrown out the window. Yeah. So, um, oh, the, other, the other thing I wanted to mention is we we arrived at Holy and Horror Nights that day. And as we were getting off the bus with the, the other media groups, I was there on a media trip, I should mention. And um, it just down started downpouring. <laughs> and of oh, course, yeah. none of the media is from Florida. So none of us had umbrellas none of us prepared uh, <laughs> peter what a rookie mistake you've been to florida before you gotta know by now i've been to florida so many times this has never happened at all in our nights or any of these well usually it happens like yeah sure if you're a walt disney world then you go inside a ride or something right but there's no place to go here <laughs> uh thankfully they got us um ponchos they got us like some really cheap ponchos but uh that's a whole other thing in florida ben I'm not, I'm not sure how you deal with this humidity because once you put a poncho on it becomes like a greenhouse of yeah a little sweat box <laughs> yes but uh thankfully the the rain stopped after a couple hours uh but yeah it was a fun event the whole video is up on ordinary adventures i'd highly recommend checking it out I'll, we've gotten a lot of compliments on saying that we are uh we've had the best video thus far of any of these events so um so i'm 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 really happy with our coverage i gotta ask you peter you're not like a huge horror movie fan so (laughs) i know that you love theme parks does for halloween horror nights i guess that just means that your love for theme parks outweighs your um you know uh, i'm not i'm not i don't dislike horror horror movies right yeah i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like you hate them but i that has never struck me as been as yeah. a genre that you've been, you know, that's been particularly in your wheelhouse. I mean, I'm no Chris Evangelista, so <laughs> few of but, us are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, you know what it is is it's the atmosphere and theming, and it's just cool to see every year they do this for you know a month. Actually, now it's what two months. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where they they build these things all year just for this, these two months uh, for you to walk into and the 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 way they they're able to use uh, the tricks of the trade of like magic illusions like like they do in you see in theme park attractions like uh, haunted mansion stuff like that they do stuff like that in these houses is very appealing to me uh, the atmospheric ness of it like they use smells they use smoke they use uh, the the way they they trick you into thinking, oh, I, I should mention that while the 
the um, <laughs> uh, latex was a little distracting at times. You would see where some of these boos and uh, scare actors were coming. The, some of the mazes, they did something interesting where they would put this, this, um, I said latex. That's not the word. What is it? Uh, not plexiglass. Um, oh, the the vinyl stuff. Vinyl, yeah, vinyl. They would put the vinyl in places that there weren't a scare actor, so that you look thinking that there was going to be a scare mm. actor jumping you out there from that side, and then they'd get you from another side. Um, I don't know. It, it's just a lot of fun, Ben. It's a lot of fun to be had. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not not a horror movie guy, but I I really I really enjoy it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good enough. I'm, I'm, yeah. You, you don't have to justify it. I was just curious. Um, all right. So I guess we don't really, I mean, Peter, you've been gone for two weeks. You've been obviously very busy. So you've not had time to really watch much of anything. I just wanted to mention two things that I watched uh, recently. The first of which is a movie that I watched for the first time, which is called Bound, which is the first film from uh, Lily and Lana Wachowski, who went on to direct the Matrix movies and a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure <laughs> people listening to this uh, podcast know who they are, especially since we've been doing a ton of Matrix, Resurre- uh, Re- Matrix Resurrections coverage um, of that new trailer that came out this morning on Slash Film. I'm sure we'll end up talking about that probably tomorrow on on uh, this podcast. But um yeah, so Bound was this pretty small neo-noir movie about uh, two lesbian women played by um, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon who try to, one of them is uh, is the girlfriend of a, a sort of a mid-level mobster and they realize that a big um, money transfer is about to happen where $2 million is going to be in this apartment and it's going to be end up, you know, passed up the line to different mobsters. And they realize that they can try to orchestrate a heist and, and, uh, you know, basically screw over one of the, uh, the mobsters and get away scot-free with the cash and things don't, (laughs) don't go quite so easily. Um, but this movie is really great. I've been hearing about it for years. You know, I remember hearing about it around the time that the matrix came out, uh, this film came out in like 1996, I think. Um, and it is streaming right now on uh, Hulu and Paramount Plus. And with the Matrix, Re- Matrix Resurrections uh, coming up, I just wanted to finally dive in and, and seek this out. So um, yeah, it's it's a very, very good movie. I was kind of, one of the things that I was uh, the most shocked or, or surprised to see was just like how frank it is about sex and considering how most mainstream American movies are, um, pretty uh, the opposite of that. Uh, it was it was a little eye opening uh, in that regard. I mean, there's a it's not like a graphic movie really. There's there's one sex scene in it, um, but just um, it, just that alone seemed like a major difference than a lot of the stuff that we see in in mainstream American movies today. So uh, yeah, the performances are great. It's it's there are several moments that feel kind of like a test, not not a test run, because there's this myth that this movie was made as sort of a test run for The Matrix so that the Wachowskis could prove to Warner Brothers that they could handle directing a big, ambitious sci-fi movie. That's not actually true. And I, I wrote an article about that um, at SlashFilm.com. So I'll link to that in the show notes if you want to know the real truth behind uh, the story of how The Matrix got made there. But um, yeah, it, it's there are several uh, like hallmarks, I would say, that, that pop up in some of their later works, specifically the first Matrix movie that appear in this film that I found really interesting. So if you know the Matrix really well, 
um, and you've never seen bound, I think you'll, you'll definitely see those sort of those pieces of connective tissue there. And that's really interesting. So Peter, we were talking right before we recorded <laughs> that you had, have seen this movie, but it's been a long time. Oh, it was when the matrix first came out. I, I like probably many other people that thought the matrix was like super cool. And I, I think I saw the matrix when I was in high school. Maybe. I, I think that's probably correct. Um, you know, uh, rushed out to the blockbuster or whatever to check out Bound and be like, oh, what is Bound? And then like, we're like very confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a full-on neo-noir movie. Uh, there's no sci-fi stuff, no real action scenes to be had. But it is, uh, it's a tense little thriller that is like really, really well plotted and, and well orchestrated. So uh, I'd say maybe give it another shot, Peter, now that you you yeah. kind of know what it is and, and uh, <laughs> are, are going in with like different expectations. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely worth watching. It holds up really well. So uh, that is Bound. It is on Hulu and Paramount+. Plus. And then the only other movie that I've watched recently is called Warrior from 2011. Peter, did you see this movie when it came out? Do you remember this film? You're talking about like the the Ultimate Fighting Championship movie. Yeah, it's like an MMA yes. movie with uh, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, and they play brothers. And Nick Nolte is like this uh, recovering alcoholic who plays their father. Yeah, yeah, it was very much kind of like a Creed before Creed, right? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, it, it definitely has that that vibe to it. I remember putting this on my like top 10 movies of 2011. I, I wrote fondly about it at the time, and I have not revisited it. It, I have not revisited it in a while, but uh, I had the opportunity to speak with Gavin O'Connor, who is the co-writer and director of the movie, um, sort of for like a, a 10 years later retrospective uh, interview looking back on the making of this film. So I revisited it recently and it is really, really good. I mean, it holds up super well. Um, you know, some of it is like a little cheesy and a little uh, manipulative in the way that <laughs> sports movies can be. But the execution is so good that it almost doesn't matter. It's it feels more like a feature than a bug um, because of how well everything uh, is sort of pulled off and, and comes together uh, in the end. So um, I just want to take this opportunity to to encourage people to seek out this movie. Um, it's streaming for free on Peacock right now, and I think you can you know, buy it and rent it at all the usual places. If for some reason it disappears off of Peacock by the time you're listening to this, but uh, man, it is, it's just really, really good. It's one of those movies that I think didn't quite get its due at the time. I remember critics liking it a lot, but um, it's a sports movie. It's, it's definitely, uh, you know, it has that kind of Rocky, like underdog kind of vibe to it. But I really think it's one of the best sports movies ever made because in all the Rocky movies, you know who you're supposed to be rooting for instantly. And this movie does such a great job of setting up these two uh, sort of rival estranged brother characters and giving them both equally compelling backstories and reasons for wanting to fight other than just for glory or, you know, fame or whatever. They have like real stakes behind the reason that they're getting in the ring. And of course, because they're brothers, you know, when you press play on this thing that they're going to end up in the ring together at some point. And by the time the movie gets there, um, you really don't know who to root for. And it, it leaves you in this really interesting uh, headspace where in most sports films, you kind of know, okay, going into the final thing, I, I know what's going to happen here. And movies like Rocky subvert that by having the character lose, but then get like a moral victory, you know, by by winning in a different way. And this movie, um, it, it just it it walks you right <laughs> into that ring. And you, I, I found myself all over again, just being like, 
man, who who is going to win here? Who do I want to win here? Uh, it's just really, really, really well done. So I'm, I'm going to link to my interview with Gavin O'Connor, which I think is is really worth reading, especially if you're a big fan of this movie, because he looks back on it pretty fondly, but also talks pretty um, pretty openly about some of the the issues that he had while making it and uh, working with Nick Nolte, who you know had his um, problems with substance abuse in his real life and played this character who was trying to, to overcome that and the sort of real life parallels that were going on there. So I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in that interview. So I'll link to that in the show notes, but uh, warrior it's really, really good. And I encourage people to, to seek it out if you've not seen it. Yeah. And Nick Nolte was nominated for best performance for that. Right. I, yeah, man, I, yeah. I don't think he won. Uh, I don't yeah, remember who win, won no. in, in 2011, but I really think that's like some of the best work up there in the you know top two or three Nick Nolte performances of all time. So uh, if you're a fan of his and you've not seen this movie, um, definitely uh, add it to your to your watch list. So I, I was going to say this is a movie that I feel like nobody has seen. Like this movie made less at the box office than what it was made for, like worldwide. Oh, wow, I didn't um, know that. I didn't know it didn't perform yeah. that well. That's that's a bummer. But yeah, I mean, I it, it could have had to do with the marketing. I don't remember exactly what the trailers were like, but. You know, there are a lot of movies like that, or there there are a lot of movies that kind of seem like this. But this one, I think, does everything. It has the it has a familiar skeleton, but the um, the tissue that holds everything together is is, is this this uh, metaphor is falling apart as I'm constructing it, Peter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna abandon it. I'm gonna I'm gonna eject from this because it's getting real weird. I'm about to start start talking about like sinewy tissue and all sorts of weird stuff. So uh, I will just say that um, you know there are movies that that appear similar to this one, but I think the execution of everything uh, comes together in, in such a way that um, it kind of feels like you're watching two Rockies in the same movie in, in certain moments. So uh, it's very very good. Totally. And I was just going to say that I, I didn't think there was enough people to see this movie to to rank it this highly. Not not that IMDb's top 250 means anything, but this movie is like 173 on the top rated movies of all time. So uh, there there's, you have it. <laughs> there's definitely enough of a fandom of this movie to put it, you know, uh, apparently right now, right above Fargo in Finding Nemo. <laughs> Wow. I don't, okay. don't, don't, I don't think I quite. Oh, and Gone with the Wind and Kill Bill. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I do not. <laughs> but um, it is a great movie, though. I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. It's very good. Okay. I don't know if it's better than Fargo, but um, <laughs> I, that's apples and oranges, I suppose. Yes. So, uh, all right. Yeah. I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can mention or, or you can seek out some of those stories that I mentioned in the show notes. Of course, visit slashfilm.com for tons of Matrix Resurrections coverage and all sorts of other great stuff. Uh, Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features that you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, 
double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.